You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back into another episode of SSPN. And I did it again, Ethan. I did <laughs> it totally again. Fine, dude. I did it again. It's just in my DNA, I guess. I'm I'm literally so frustrated with myself. For those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, just before we went on air, I was like, all right, Ethan, I feel like I've been opening it up and I want to like I want you to open it up this time. <laughs> and I was like, you should do it. And then I just immediately like after I clicked the overlay off, I just started talking and I was like, wow, facepalm. And that's kind of how I felt about the Spurs game, Ethan, even though it was also really good as like a Spurs fan and the Spurs-Lakers rivalry. It was like, I wanted to get that one. And when it goes into overtime and you have four missed free throws, it reminded me of the freaking Heat game. uh, And I think it was game six where we should have won, where it was Manu and, you know, Tony. And so obviously this was much less lower of a stakes, but it was still similar in that instance. Mm. And I wanted to get this one, but really overall, this, this is all good signs. Like you texted me. Um, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, ditto everything that you said. Um, I thought we played well enough to win. I was very excited about how a lot of our guys played. We'll get into some specifics here in a second, but it came down to just those little things. And then one very big thing, which was Anthony Davis being one of the most unstoppable big guys in the NBA. And, uh, you know, when he's hot and Russell Westbrook's hot, it's hard to beat that star power. But it, it was definitely winnable. It was just little things that we did, like those missed free throws, that, you know, that's what it came down to in the end. You know, and and like I said, I'm, you know, I'm a little frustrated because it's like we're so used to, even even now after we've had the Demar years and stuff where it, it's definitely not been the glory days it's still you know we're still getting used to like this type of scenario for an organization we're really this is what we've been asking for on this show and and many Spurs fans really since the whole Kawhi thing went down where it's like why don't we just let our young guys run yeah they'll make some mistakes we'll have to play through it for a year but like these guys are so talented which I think we once again saw tonight mm-hmm. that in three or four years even if you don't keep all of those guys because I just I'm not sure if we're going to be able to. I mean, I don't know. Lonnie just said he feels like a San Antonian and then has a game like that. We'll have to see. Maybe they just stick together and they're all just really bought into the Spurs culture that they just don't care and they'll just take pay cuts. But also, you know, when their opinions may change whenever I'm sorry that I got messed up there because you know how when you have ESPN open, it starts playing the highlights. Anyways, I don't know if that ever happens to y'all, but noise went off like five seconds later. I totally lost my train of thought there because of that, but I'm just going to give it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know what you were saying, just like these young guys, we we asked for this and naturally they're going to make some mistakes and you hope that we can keep everybody, hopefully fingers crossed because their chemistry is great. But at the end of the day, when it comes to money, uh, you know, that might not happen, which is unfortunate. But, yeah. yeah. And there, I think what I was getting to is that their minds like right now, like Lonnie might be like, yeah, I want to be a San Antonian. But then when you see those dollars, you know, yeah. things change sometimes. 
So anyways, pause the ads there. Uh, but we have a little bit more structure to our episodes now as well. And that's just going to be pretty simple. We're going to have an offensive MVP, a defensive MVP, an unsung hero. And then we're going to have what we could get better at um, and what we did well uh, in the game or said game that we're covering. And then we'll do a little bit of a Q&A at the end. So just starting off, who was your offensive MVP, Ethan? Offensive MVP was close. There were a few guys that were kind of neck and neck there, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to our point guard, DeJounte Murray. Got 21 points tonight. Got the triple-double, 15 assists, 12 boards, a couple steals, a couple blocks. Uh, Just an overall fantastic game from DeJounte. I liked his aggressiveness. He was really good at taking the ball to the rack, uh, which we complained about all of last season. He was effectively doing that. Had a lot of great mid-range jumpers, and I think he hit a three. He hit two threes. Yeah, two he was two tonight. for four. It looked smooth, Jude. It looked smooth. I liked what I saw from him, and there was definitely a difference. I know last season we kind of harped on Derek looks like a better facilitator than DeJounte, and I know it's only a small sample size, but these couple games that we've played so far, DeJounte, there's, a, there's definitely a difference in how our offense is run when Derek is on the court by himself and when DeJounte is on the court by himself. And then when they're both on the court together, it's fantastic. But DeJounte, to me, has taken that next step where it seems more fluid. I don't know if you saw that, but it seems like it's easier for us to score when he's the one handling the ball. And that's what I like from him, just taking it at Russell Westbrook all game long. It was very nice to see. Yeah, and you even saw after the game, Russ, that was the first person he went up to. He talked Mm -hmm. to him, gave him a pat on the back of the head. Um, There was a lot of respect earned in that game from Russell Westbrook. And I think he really had to turn it up and got pushed because of the way that DeJounte was playing after that run that the Spurs went on at the end of the third quarter. Uh, that really, that timeout was really the kick in the butt there for the Lakers. You saw LeBron mad on the sideline and all that stuff. And after that, uh, they really got back into the game. I agree with you completely. Um, obviously DeJounte has been really just the better player overall with Derek. One of the other things I wanted to add on to that, and I know I've been a big Derek guy. I've talked about, oh, maybe he's the star over DeJounte. Um, Right now, it's looking like DeJounte's the guy. Obviously, there's a long season, and we were even texting about it. It's like there's going to be different guys every night that go off. For example, Doug McBuckets was basically non-existent tonight, but he had 25 against the Bucs. So he's... It's going to be game to game for a lot of these guys. Devin had a couple bad games, played really well tonight. But going back to the question at hand, offensive MVP, I'm going to go with Lonnie Walker. And that's another thing that I love with this team is that both of us can have a different guy from night to night. It's not just DeMar DeRozan anymore. Shout out to TSR Sports. He he made that comment on the last recap I did over there on Spurs Tube TV. Um, but going back to Lonnie, 7 for 10, super efficient. Um, I believe, let me see where he was from 3, 4 for 5, I think. 5 for 7, actually, from the three-point line. Um, 21 points, played 31 minutes. I was mm-hmm. wondering, you know, I, I know that they have their rotations, but I would have really liked to say, see him play more down the stretch. I understood mm-hmm. he played for a while there in the fourth. Like, I'll give Pop credit in this instance, and I see in the comments we've got some complaints about that, and I understand where you're coming from. But in this instance, Pop usually just sticks to his guts and is like, I'm going to take this guy out when he's supposed to. He let Lonnie stay in a little bit longer, which is why he sat out the end of the fourth, so I give him credit there for keeping him while he was hot, but still, I would have liked... Okay, just sit him for two minutes. We just need to win this game. Like, literally, if he goes in there and makes a shot, that would have been the difference tonight. Um, so, 
tough, but still, um, Lonnie Walker had a, a great game. We saw his athleticism. I tweeted and I said, this is really the most similar that I've felt about Lonnie since that 2019, 28 point game against the Rockets where he took over. This is the closest it's looked to that. And I love the energy, the celebration that he had. That's the most fun that it's looked like Lonnie's had, um, in a very long time. So anyways, that's what, <laughs> that's what I have on, on Lonnie there. Couldn't agree more. Lonnie Walker, so far at least, I know it's literally been, what, four games total that we played in the regular season. He's looked like the Lonnie Walker that we wanted, that was advertised. You know, we just want him to be that spark plug off the bench. And so far, he's delivered. It's the consistency thing for me. If you can keep this up and just play this well, uh, you know, I'm going to be extremely happy. And he's going to get a big bag probably from both us and all kinds of teams throughout the league. He played phenomenal tonight and very efficient. Usually Lonnie's not very efficient tonight. You know, he was very efficient as far as scoring goes. Uh, and another another guy that deserved a shout out, Jude, Jakob Pertl. I mean, yes, I was just about to get into that. <laughs> he, he was our leading scorer tonight. He had mm-hmm. 27, which was crazy. And he had 14 down the line split offensive and defensive rebounds. So 50-50 mm-hmm. on there, Did cleaned up the dirty work uh, on the offensive glass. That was something that I feel like I didn't really think about too much when it came to Jakob. But when Rob brought that up on the last episode you realize tonight how important that is where he can just get a rebound, put it back in. Like that is so important. And it kept us in the game tonight. And his aggressiveness. We talked about it all last season, Jude. If he could just dunk a ball every once in a while, he'd (laughs) be so much better. And sure enough, he decides to throw a few down and he has a 27 point performance and goes toe to toe with one of the greatest big men in our league, Anthony Davis. And he had battles, a lot of dudes. He had AD Dwight Howard and Deandre Jordan. Like that's a big, you know, that's a handful for somebody, and he held his own, which I'm very, very happy about. The only reason I wouldn't give him MVP offensively is because of the one for five from the free throw line. If he could have just hit a couple more of those, uh, he probably would have gotten my MVP for sure. Yeah, the reason that I'm not giving him my offensive MVP is because I'm going to give him my defensive MVP. Mm. But before we transition into that, we have to harp on Devin Vassell a little bit. Um cooled off later in the game but still came in hit some big shots you mentioned his rebounding um a while back on an episode and Mm -hmm. how that had really grown i saw that again tonight uh what did you think of him uh 19 and 7 on the floor with two steals he was really key to this game because when he came in we were struggling to find a bucket and he hit i think it was like two or three just in a row bang 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 and it was like okay now we have the momentum and that's when we went our went on our run and kind of made this a close game because at the beginning it was really looking a little rough there for a little while dude i don't know if you thought the same thing but when anthony davis was cooking and we just couldn't seem to find a bucket dougie was missing Derek was missing dj was getting blocked at the rim like it, it looked it looked scary for a second i was yeah. like uh-oh here we go again and then Devin came in and I texted you immediately I'm like this guy I know it's I know it's only been four games but he's looking like a starting caliber player um and I hate to say that because I love everybody that's starting on our team and I don't know who he who he would kick out um but he's definitely has that potential so if he can keep this up uh you know his ceiling is through the roof absolutely played very well tonight played very well tonight but going back to defense Without Jakob, there's no chance that we're in this game. There's no chance that we're in the Nuggets mm-hmm. game, and there's no chance that we're in yep. the Bucks game. So 
I mean, I can just say that, and I feel like everybody who's watching this knows what I'm talking about. He's been guarding Jokic. I mean, he literally guarded like the past two MVPs in back-to-back games with Giannis and Jokic, and then he has to guard AD tonight. And had him struggling at the beginning of the game. The only reason AD was scoring was from free throws. At one point, I remember at the beginning of the first half, or maybe this was in the third quarter. I don't know. He's nine for 23 at one point. I think that was in the third quarter, actually. And I just remember thinking like, dang, like this is one of the best posts in the league. We were playing physical with him. Jakob stuffed the crap out of him at the beginning of the game. Yes, AD Mm -hmm. stuffed him too. Um, But at the same time, just that mentality, that aggressiveness, like your tweet, you said, uh, I forget exactly what the other part was, but I remember you said aggressive Jakob Jakob is greater than conservative Jakob. Was that Mm -hmm. on point? Yeah, that was it. Yes. Okay. Memory is not failing me. Good to know that at 21 years old, we're we're still rolling, I think. (laughs) Anyways, going back to Jakob, um, aggressive Jakob is like, I mean, remember, I think it was last episode. I was like, what if, or maybe I was talking to a friend about this. I don't know. But what if Jakob played with Eubanks' aggressiveness? I don't know if Mm -hmm. I brought that up to you, but that was kind of what I was thinking. And maybe not full go tonight i mean really he was actually more aggressive than eubanks tonight overall so yes he was on that level and we've seen the uh the results and the rewards that the san antonio spurs reap when he plays that way and i feel like three episodes ago we were like maybe they signed jock because zach collins because they're ready to get rid of Jakob. He is, he is, I mean, like we talk about DeJounte being that defensive anchor. He is our, those two are our defensive anchors, you know, on the perimeter, it's DeJounte and in the post it's Jakob just has impressed me so much. He has an ugly shot now, but it's like the shot goes in. It's his shot. I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's ugly, take it and make it. That's all that matters to me. Yes. He's got to work on free throws, but it's like, he might just be Shaq for his whole career, but I mean, Shaq was Shaq, and I mean, not saying Jakob's Shaq, but you get what I'm saying. You could be yeah. bad at free throws and still be an effective player. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, defensive MVP of tonight, Jakob Pertl, hands down, because he had to guard so many phenomenal post players, most of all Anthony Davis. Um, and it was less so the product of what he was able to do, but just his mindset. Like you said, his aggressiveness, both offensively and defensively, but he was very vocal, I thought, tonight. Something I don't normally see yes, from Jakob. I saw that too. Yeah, he was he was chirping with both his teammates and a little bit with you know the other guys, kind of you <laughs> yes, know, he pumping was. as he walks in back to his <laughs> bench. You know, he's just shoulder nudges and stuff like that. I like to see that from our big guy, and I'm glad that he's finally kind of finding this confidence in himself to be that seven foot big man that the Spurs have always kind of hung their hats on. You know what I mean? So happy to see him be an effective defender. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just want to also talk about some other guys that that played well defensively tonight. You got to give it to Dejounte. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, those guys were our anchors tonight. Obviously, we had Devin and Lonnie come in and play well, but the way that Dejounte was hounding Russ, um, yep. he didn't draw all of them, but some of the fouls he contributed to that, which. I was hoping like when the Lakers were really getting momentum, I was like, oh, I want Russ to get another foul because that would just kill their momentum. But it obviously didn't happen. He got it. Um, and they got every call because they're the Lakers. Um, but anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah. DeJounte, like I said earlier, DeJounte earned Russ's respect tonight. And that was because of the way that he was. I mean, he was clapping it up. And Russ got him a couple times, of course, because it's Russell Westbrook and he's freaking fast. and can drive past anybody. But DeJounte did a phenomenal job on him tonight. I know he had like 27, but not all those points were on DeJounte. And if you were watching the game, you know what I'm talking about. 
there was a lineup too, and this whole lineup deserves a shout out because we were just I think all I know what over you're talking about. It was I think it was DJ, it was DJ Lonnie, Devin, um, Databates Diop, and I think it was my, my man Drew Eubanks, who didn't really have a great game tonight, but he was in. in he did that some lineup. good things though. Everybody, I know everybody's going to crap on Eubanks tonight, and I know that this is like the Eubanks lover show. And you're right, he struggled. He struggled in in you know games one through four. There's been some struggle spots, but he also made some good plays tonight. It's such a long game that I can't remember the exact right. examples, but me and Ethan were texting about it, and I think he got a block in there and made some after he made some bad plays he would go make some good plays on the other end and as you can tell eventually he got sat so mm-hmm. not yeah. the greatest game for Ruby banks but back to you yeah but, but that lineup was forcing all kinds of turnovers that turned into easy transition buckets we were running back and forth so much i think we had like a 9-0 or a 13-0 run with that lineup in the game so that was really impressive to see what they were able to do they were like on a string and they were all communicating with each other it was beautiful defense beautiful team defense yeah absolutely absolutely but getting to a person from that rotation at least from my perspective the unsung hero of tonight's game is kieta bates diop oh my lord like have the spurs this may be an exaggeration but i mean a lot of people thought the luca thing was an exaggeration and we saw what happened the next morning we're gonna live and die on that hill ethan anyways um kieta bates has just looked like a road NBA rotation player. He was the difference tonight when they subbed him in, he was guarding AD and like getting good position. Yeah. He got some buckets on him, but I mean, so did Keldon, you know what I'm saying? But he also caused some misses his, he was slow on rotations on defense for a little bit. We talked about that, which is why like the bigs were getting exposed and it messed up Eubanks a little bit there because they were, they hadn't really played much together, like on an NBA floor and you're going up against Deandre Jordan and Anthony Davis. Um, but anyways, the way that he played tonight, I know that it was the two at the end. We all wanted it to be a three, but still, um, he doesn't make m- many mistakes and he makes just positive plays really all around. Like he just fits in. He doesn't do too much that's really flashy, but there's just little things that he does where he just is in the right spots, like mm-hmm. the majority of the time on offense and defense. Couldn't have said it better myself. He did a, a, a really stand-up effort job, <laughs> just an effort job. And I won't say he was more talented defensively than somebody else on our team, but just 110% trying to guard Anthony Davis, and he caused a lot of turnovers, especially in that lineup we talked about earlier. Yeah, so our unsung hero tonight is Kieta Bates. I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing more from him uh, as time passes. Um, but moving on to just overall team stuff, um, where is an area that you think we can still get better, Ethan? Oh, um, our starting lineup is struggling to find a basket for some reason. And I don't entirely know why it could come down to Derek struggling a little bit right now. Cause if he was, if he was hitting, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that, um, that worry. And same with Doug McDermott. If those two are on, our starting lineup is phenomenal. Otherwise, it's really difficult for our offense, as far as those five players go, to how do I put this? To, to just score. Like defensively, they're fine. To get in and a rhythm. Almost. To get in a rhythm. Yeah, it, it, it seems like we have to insert somebody from the bench in order to kind of get our offense going. And I think that's happened a couple times this season. It's like uh, here Lonnie we go again. was that We're, tonight. Yeah, we need Lonnie to go in there. We need Devin. We need somebody to just kind of mix things up because our starting lineup's not working. Um, and I don't know if that's just we need an, an entire lineup change. I don't know if that would fix it. 
Um, I don't know what the answer is, but for some reason they just can't get a bucket. And that's, that's the most glaring problem I see. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I, I think that comes with offensive rhythm. And uh, so Keldon's shooting has kind of fallen off a cliff in these four t- first four games. Like last year, he was making more threes. He hasn't made a single one this year, I don't think. Um, and then Derek has also struggled as well. And he didn't shoot well tonight. He's had one game where he shot well from three-point land. And mm-hmm. when McDermott isn't hitting, then you have basically three guys who weren't playing well, and your entire offense at that point is DeJounte Murray and Jakob Pertl pick and rolls. And DeJounte is not going to make every pull-up mid-range jumper. He's going to make a lot of them, but he's not going to make all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I, I don't know how to fix that, yeah, and I'm not sure if it's just still early season. Like this is a thing that we're gonna have to revisit probably. You know, while we're when we're halfway through the season, but I, I get what you're talking about, and kind of going to my thing. Mine is literally on a player. The thing that we need to get better at is just is Derek White needs to step up. Like he just needs to work for the amount of well, he's the highest highest paid player on the roster. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really all you need to say. He needs to do more. I love Derek, um, but even on defense tonight and throughout the season, he's been getting a little bit exposed. It feels like he's almost regressed, and that's weird. He mm-hmm. he, he wasn't getting beat as much before, and I feel like now he, he – there was that one possession that we had tonight where he was just dribbling around, and he couldn't beat Malik Monk off the dribble. I was like, yeah. dude, we're paying, lost you, the handle. we're paying you $70 million to just get it clamped by Malik Monk. You know, obviously that's it's one game and things can change. But tonight, that's how we felt. Um, So my thing is just Derek, because if he's playing well, that probably gets the offense and the starting lineup more in rhythm. if He's making his shots. So you're 100 percent right. The only reason I wasn't, you know, I didn't say what you just said is because it is so early and I'm hoping it's just a little bit of rust that he can kind of shake off and get right back into. Looks great in the magic game. Like, yeah, he was my game ball in the magic game. And, and same goes for because Doug McDermott, like you said, he had a couple games so far, half the season up until this point, where he's played right. really, really well. And Kelton Johnson had a 26-point performance where he went crazy from the field. And I mean, obviously, he's not shooting threes, but he still was able to impact the game offensively. So we know they're capable of it. It's just the consistency at this point. That's why I'm not as quick to jump on that whole you know, it's Derek's fault. Like we see in the comments section, we yeah. got to get, get rid of Derek and all this <laughs> stuff. I mean, at the end of the season, if he hasn't improved at all, I'm with you, you know, yeah. but at this point I'm going to hold off for a little while. Um, because it's so early, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like, he may not be, he just may end up being a symptom, right. Of a, of a bigger issue, which you kind of alluded to, but at least right now, I'm just saying that he needs he's a guy who needs to step up when it comes to these last three games that's one thing one area like if he was playing better i feel like that solves a lot of issues tonight we win the game tonight if he plays better um but we also win the game if a lot of guys play better you know what i mean yes Um, correct so moving on though what are some things that we saw tonight uh that were good that you know can give us some optimism after competing you know with a team like this obviously another all these teams we've been playing that are deep playoff contenders have had stars out but still they've had like you know two or one of them playing like you had chris middleton as well on top of Giannis, and you Mm -hmm. had russ and even though russ is not what he used to be you still had russell westbrook a former mvp and anthony davis so 
Um, what do you think from the guys tonight? A couple things. One, the aggressiveness from Jakob Pertl, like we discussed. If he can just keep that up, um, that, that, that will do wonders for our team. And then I think our bench unit, once Thaddeus Young kind of sat down, uh, our bench unit as a whole was fairly pretty good, I thought. I, our ball movement was phenomenal. We had how many assists tonight? 33, which is fantastic to see from our boys. We're getting a little closer to that 2014 championship type offensive scheme. Um, and they really, we don't lose anything, I feel like, when we bring in our, our second five. You know, at this point, it feels like we're almost getting better when we bring in our second unit, which is a little unnerving to say. Yeah. And I I feel like that's kind of becoming a, a more um, recurring theme is that our, our second unit is that spark plug that we absolutely need or we're not going to be in any of these games. Um, so if our second unit continues to play at this level and Jakob can continue to play with this much aggressiveness and, you know, our team chemistry will just keep getting better. You know, we, we've, we see the ball movement. We see that nobody wants to be the ball stopper. And I think almost to a fault at some times where nobody wants to shoot. Like if we can just keep that up, um, you know, we'll be fine. It's just, it, it really comes down to guys like Derek playing better, Keldon playing better, Doug McDermott playing better. If those three guys can play better, um, we're right where we need to be. Free throws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Sorry. is something that I just realized that before I talk about what's good, we need to talk about free throws because that's a place where we'll, we need to get better too. Um, th- th- you either make them or you miss them. There's not really too much that we can analyze to really break it down. It's really more of a mental thing. So like yeah. that cost us tonight. Um, but that's also something that we've kind of seen as a little bit of an issue in other games too. It obviously mm-hmm. wasn't as glaring as it was in tonight's game, but it was like if you watched all the other games, you could be like, okay, I could see the seeds planning for for not good free throws with the way Kelton has struggled. I don't think DeJounte has gone two for two this year. I could be wrong on that, but I know he's had some trips where he's gone and you know not done what you're supposed to do. Um, and so that's yeah. a place that we need to get better at, and that's tough. But – Going back to things that we did well tonight, I think this is kind of the theme of the entire season, and it's just the ball movement and the intensity and the pace and the aggressiveness that we're playing with. We're still learning how to do it all the time. You see Pop, like when we were down, he was like literally screaming at the guys like, go run back up the floor. And if you do that, and when they did that, they got a drive and an easy bucket. I forget if it was a dump off to somebody. I think it was Keita Bates from Derek. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got an easy layup and it was exactly what they needed at the time. And it's like, if you just beat them down the floor, you're going to have numbers. They're jogging down the floor. Like they're, you know, they're Mm -hmm. the Lakers and they're going to be tough to beat. And they're probably going to be a deep playoff team, but they're also old. Like, you know what I mean? And so uh, just having that intensity all the time is what we can do better. But the fact that we're seeing sparks in it in such a young group is a really good thing. Couldn't agree more. When we get out and run, we're really difficult to stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to get to some of you guys in the comment section below. Um, let's see what, well, want to say what's up to everybody. Miles, thank you for being here. I'm the most handsome mace, Eric Flores. I saw Eric Pacina up earlier, PG vice, uh, M easy. We appreciate all of you guys being in here. Um, Eric, I like his comment right here. Let's see. So this is the beginning of a new process. Just know the Spurs don't suck. They just have to work on a few things. Um, if they get that down, they will be good overall. And I think that that is very true. Um, with that being said, though, Ethan, and I'm kind of want to ask you about this. Do you think that that can still be true 
and like the Spurs don't make the playoffs this year. So they win like 30 something games, but they're really competitive all year long. And it's just the mistakes that really, you know, it's just immature mistakes that these guys are learning to play NBA basketball. Say that's the scenario. Do you think that even if we had a bad season this year and we stick with the roster moving forward, we could still rise more if you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I do we do. need like a star star like on top of what we already have? Uh, it depends on what everyone thinks the timeline should be. You know, we're definitely if we keep this roster as it is, maybe sub in a couple of vet, like get rid of Thad, bring someone else in kind of thing, you know, s- small stuff like that. Next season will definitely be better. And the season after that, we will absolutely be better because these guys are naturally going to improve. Chemistry is going to improve. Someone's likely to grow into an all star. Um, but that being the case, if we don't add an all-star or a superstar level player, we're still not going to win a championship anytime soon. Mm-hmm. If you know the timeline's still you know, several years into the future, uh, will we get back to that championship caliber team? In my opinion, I just don't see, I, I know we're a fantastic organization, but it takes a long time to build a championship level team. Look at the Suns. look at Milwaukee. You know what I mean? It took them but do you forever. think it can happen with this group? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, in like, it, yes, it, it, okay, it can. Yes, it's just it will take a lot longer than I think most Spurs fans would like or yeah. are willing to accept. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that kind of goes back to Eric's comment over here. This is just the beginning of a new process because I really feel the reason I asked you that is because I really feel like they could win 35 games and like if they're competitive and all it's like they lose to like the freaking Mavericks or, you know, the Suns or whoever the who's who of the West. Right. Or even the Blazers. It's like, I'm not mad at them for that. Like those are just veteran experienced players. Like when the Spurs are their age, they would beat them. You know what I'm saying? So that, that I think is definitely something that's going to be, um, very interesting to watch. Here's what Tanner has to say. Uh, I don't think this is a playoff team in the West. Definitely think that's a next year goal. I think that's reasonable too, but this is a play in team in the West, which means now, you know, you're going to have a shot. Obviously it'd be tough, but I agree with you, Tanner. I think that we won't be in the playoffs, but I guess this plan thing kind of makes it playoffs. I don't know. We'll have to see, but here's some other questions from our guy Mace. How do y'all cope with the fact that this team is better than the record? These past three games were closed one or two possessions. Um, I think, like we were just talking about just recognize this is a young roster they're going to continue to make young mistakes even though they play really well but that is the reason that we are still in games with teams like this and i know that there are injuries and i want to see how the team looks you know later down the road um against you know like a lebron and a jamal murray nuggets team right um and even brooke lopez and all those guys for the bucks i don't think we'll play them anymore but regardless of that um Still, the fact that these guys are competing with teams like this is huge. Um, just, and I know that it's close, and it's like, yeah, we're better than the record, but it doesn't. It doesn't really matter because we're not going to win a chip this year. So, yeah. And these mistakes are going to continue, like I said earlier. So it's like, I mean, you just got to try to look at it with a positive attitude. Like I said, I was a little, a little mad because it's like it's the Lakers, and you want to win, and you feel like you could have won, but at the end of the day this is really a positive thing. Yes. What Jude said. And also I keep telling myself after all these very frustrating losses that it's good to get these out now 
to lose to these great teams early in the season. And hopefully we can learn from the mistakes that we've made and improve and make that next step and get over that hump as we move forward. So we can hit a winning streak, you know, as we get closer to all-star break or ending the season, maybe it's neck and neck between us and the guys in like seven, eight, nine. And, you know, we just need a couple more wins to secure that spot. And hopefully by that point in the season, we're not playing Lakers, Nuggets, <laughs> Milwaukee back yeah, to back to back. We're like playing the Kings, yeah, Kings <laughs> Rockets, Pelicans, and we can actually secure those wins a little bit easier. That's that's the only positive I can take out of these very frustrating and close team losses. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Mace, also another one from you, my guy. Thank you again for being in here. Thank you, everybody, for being in here. Do you think these losses will affect the psyche of some of our players? Nephew came up in a winning culture, but some of our younger guys haven't. Um, I think just what I would say is I think Pop keeps these guys pretty level-headed. And also just from like all of their interviews and the culture and the, the type of people that the Spurs draft, obviously there's guys mm-hmm. that – you know, don't pan out Lucas Samanich. Um, but at the same time, this group feels to me pretty level-headed. I, I think they're realizing like, dang, we really should have won that game. We're good enough to beat a Lakers team without LeBron, but still with, you know, two superstar MVP caliber players, if you will. Um, so I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, and most of our most young guys in general in the NBA come up losing at the beginning anyway. Um, so I don't know if you know most rookies. I feel like come in kind of expecting to lose at the beginning. You know, it's just how how it happens most of the time because the worst teams draft early. You know, other than whoever gets drafted at the Warriors or the Lakers late in the first round or something like that. Like my man Reeves, who had a pretty decent game tonight for the Lakers. Um, Austin I, I Reeves, shout out Austin Reeves. Yeah. He was at Wichita State. Real ones know y'all were watching him in March Madness <laughs> in like 2017. Shout out Ron Baker, Fred Van Vliet. I loved Wichita State growing up. And then he went to <laughs> Oklahoma and killed it. Trey Young, alma mater. He's a sniper. You can't leave him open. The Great Anyways. White Hope. <laughs> the new Caruso. <laughs> He's the better Caruso, actually. That's oh, okay. I'd say. No, no, Reeves is better than Caruso. As a shooter, yes. Yeah, he's a good Caruso's player. Going he was going crazy annoying. in Chicago, though. That's yeah, besides was. the point. Yeah, I uh, feel bad for all the people in our comment section earlier, Jude. They were saying how Chicago is going to be zero and four, and <laughs> you know because of Demar. And it's like ooh, eh, they're playing pretty well. Oh so. yeah, are they four and zero right now? Yeah, they're four and zero. Wow! Yeah. Wow! First time since ninety seven. Yeah. So, so you know, um, Demar MVP. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> but he's definitely better than a lot of us thought. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're seeing some Primo stuff here in the chat, too. We can kind of address that. Um, you know, earlier when we were talking about, you know, do we have, you know, maybe needing that franchise guy, I think that there's a very high chance, basically an 100% chance, that Primo is the best player in the league next season. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just playing. But no, I think with, with uh, you can't put a ceiling on Primo. You just yeah. can't. I really think that he could be our franchise piece. Like his ceiling, I don't see one at right. Uh, how I mean, he's the youngest player in NBA history uh, to. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, he's the youngest player in NBA history to have ever gone to college. So he's coming in with a year of college experience at a good SEC program that played really well last year. And 
He can play multiple roles. We've talked about it so many times. Obviously, there's a reason that he's not in right now. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, he's so talented, but he does need to go through the Spurs, you know, hoops and jumps rope, jump ropes. When he's on the floor, you know he's going to be ready, ready. Um, I don't know if he's going to go to Austin this year. I think he probably will, but I think it's going to be way less than other people. I don't know. It, but he he's a guy that could be really good. And I don't think that we should put him in right now. I'm just not. It's just too early. We don't want to ruin him. We got to save him. We got to groom him to be our perfect heir to retake that Kawhi BS in 2017. Yeah, I agree Avenge with you. It. I agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself, Jude. I think he has the potential to He's be. He's got the name, everything. Good. This kid has a lot in his bag for someone who's 18 years old, Jude. It's pretty crazy. Uh,. Yeah, Miles Austin, please. He needs to develop. It is, <laughs> it's not a bad. It's not a bad idea. He'll just go and absolutely dominate. His confidence will go even through. Like just keep on going up. I don't even know if it would be a good thing for go to him to go to the G League is the problem. But I also agree with you, Miles. It's like we need to give all these minutes to these other guys. But this dude's so good. But we can play him at the three. He's six six. Yep. Maybe after the deadline when we decide to package my boy Thaddeus Young and Bryn Forbes and get back a couple second round picks, maybe maybe then he can uh, move into the rotation. What do you think, right. you? <laughs> I'm, I'm all in agreement. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> here is another one from M-Easy. So I hated the shot by DJ that he missed the end of regulation. A long contested goo with Melo guarding him, shake my head. I, I think that that play was just not really – designed i mean they were just like go get a shot and i think that he tried to beat somebody off the dribble and then wasn't really comfortable but saw there was three seconds left so just kind of had to do a step back yeah um i wasn't with the way that he was playing late i i wasn't mad at at him yeah. taking the last shot i remember i was standing up i was like go win this game Dejounte, and i wanted it to happen so bad it didn't um but i i don't think that it was in that situation like it wasn't the most horrible shot of all time in a regular like in a if you're running an offensive set and that's your shot at the end of it obviously that's a bad thing and you'd like to get a better shot but in the situation he was in it just kind of was what it was i'm not sure how much better it was going to get um i'm not also sure like yes he could you can say that he could have done other things but it's yeah, they just he, it was literally the Manu play like we've been watching the Spurs for a long time. So you'd know that that's the Dijon, Manu would go sit in the corner with the ball and he would just take whatever shot it was. Sometimes it went in, sometimes it didn't. And that was just one of those situations there. Um, yeah, I wasn't mad at the shot either. I thought he just waited a little bit too long to start, you know, trying to beat Carmelo Anthony because Carmelo Anthony is who you would want honestly in that lineup to take one-on-one for the game winner i mean he's not exactly known for his defense um so taking him off the dribble also he's very old and slower than Dejounte murray i was like okay that's a good idea i think he just waited like a (laughs) second and a half too long so he was a little bit a little bit too far out but at the same time if the shot had fallen uh we're not having this discussion exactly yeah and he got a look that i think is Dejounte makeable. It's in his wheelhouse. I mean, every classic buzzer beater is a long two. (laughs) Yes, that is true. That is true. (laughs) That wasn't even something I had thought of. Um, 
Eric, this is not too crazy or too early to think about. I think that the way that Thad is playing it is just kind of reinforcing that fact. Although I will say that um, his passing is really solid and he made some really mm-hmm. great passes that cut to Derek. The one of the one few good plays from Derek tonight yep. offensively. Um, so I think he's going to get traded. Um, I think it'll be all-star break at latest anytime from now until then. I really could see in the next couple weeks, honestly, what do you think? Yeah, it's not out of question. I mean, the Spurs don't do anything based on the, the playbook of the NBA. Most teams wait till the all-star break, but we could, you know, when, when do we follow the rules, especially with trades, Jude? Usually we don't trade anybody. Um, but I think it's more likely at this point that he'll be traded than not. Uh, it's just a matter of when, and the Spurs are definitely just going to keep holding out until we can get probably minimum a first-round pick, maybe a couple. I don't think they really want anyone in return, so it's maybe about making salary work at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't see him staying here that long either. Yeah. It doesn't really fit. He's, he's doing his best. I think he kind of cleaned up the, the Eubanks debacle tonight and just helped out in that regard. Um, but I think a good way to kind of end off the, the show tonight, Ethan is talking about Bryn Forbes. Okay. What are, what are we what are we thinking? We, we're, we're gonna. I think we need to give him more time, but hasn't yeah. yet to hit a shot. Yet to hit a shot in the preseason, he looked great. The regular season, just as I don't know what it, it looks like, a completely different fit player. Everything. I mean, it's like he's not even. He's barely finding minutes at this point. Yeah. Um. I don't, I don't know. I think we do need to give him a little bit more time because he's a shooter. All he does for this team is shoot. So you need to give shooters a chance to find their rhythm and find their jump shot because Doug McDermott's not shooting that well either at this point. But he's 6'7 and is a capable defender. But Bryn Forbes, if he's not making his baskets, he's, what, maybe six feet tall, 6'2", max, uh, and not the best defender. So let's give him a little bit more time. Um, but I think the reason he's been pulled pretty quickly as of recently, is because of how well Devin and Lonnie have been playing together, um, and they're both a little bit more capable defenders. Um, And we've been playing some pretty athletic teams as well, so it's kind of difficult for him to find his, you know, fit on the court when we're playing such great teams. But I think when we start playing some garbage teams like the Rockets, you know, I think then he'll start to find his rhythm and prove his worth. Um, Yeah, but I saw another comment that, is also you know valid is he a, a, just a trade asset at this point possibly um he's a very I, tradable contract I exactly know that. i get so at, i don't he's one of those guys though i think we would wait until the actual trade deadline i don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon if he even if he, if he even goes anywhere honestly yeah i think um you know we were talking about primo and i even see a comment give primo the minutes instead of brand i'm actually i wouldn't actually be opposed to that because i feel like he's a proven shooter like primo in that role and and that's what i was going to get to i was going to get to this comment next i feel like this is actually more realistic and i'm actually down to do this like right now with trey Mm. jones so what do you think of this idea if he if Bryn continues to struggle of giving trey jones his minutes that's what i wanted during free agency oh and then he would just run the offense off the bench huh yeah you wouldn't even need to stagger Dejounte and derek in that point you could just run him with lonnie 
exactly. Uh, that was my whole plan to begin with before we signed Bryn Forbes. Uh, and I was very critical of Bryn Forbes, obviously, and a lot of our comment people were a little upset with me saying I just didn't understand that we needed a shooting. But now that his shooting isn't here, <laughs> I hope they can, you know, side with me. Uh, but I'm still going to I'm still going to play it practical. I think he'll get his shot back and he'll prove his worth because he's definitely a better shooter at this point in Trey Jones career. Um, and I just don't see us playing Primo because Primo's a rookie and we never do that. Um, but yeah, if he continues to struggle for the next month or so, I'm totally 100% behind giving his minutes to Trey Jones without question. Yeah. If Bryn continues to struggle, uh, I'm with that too. I know that Trey isn't as much of a proven shooter, but if Bryn is continuing to not shoot very well, it won't really matter at that point. Mm. Um, and <sighs> uh, Trey Jones really showed that he could be a scorer in summer league this year. And I know it's just summer league, but the minutes we've seen from him so far have looked pretty good as well. I don't think he's going to make very many mistakes. And really, if you, I feel like you could play him even if you wanted to stagger um, some other people as well. So, um, or stagger DeJounte and Derek. That's what I mean when I say that. So I feel like he could play the two and he's six, three. Now he grew two inches over the summer. Another guy, him and Devin, that draft class yep. growing. Hopefully they can continue. I'm, I'm not, that's not going to happen. That would be yeah. nice if Trey Jones was six, five and Devin Vassell was six, nine, but it, it probably not going to happen. Um, uh, but anyways, any, any final thoughts on today's episode, Ethan? Just two. I want to apologize to Tanner Robertson and the rest of the comment people. I need to figure out a different way of saying comment people because apparently that's uh, <laughs> that's not kosher. Sorry to cut your thing off, Jude. But oh, no, you're good. <laughs> and, and also, Miles, yeah, you're right. If, if he has to shoot his way back into form, but how long are you going to give him? You know, the whole yeah, season? Th- <laughs> this, is, this is under the scenario, Miles, that like for three to four weeks – Bryn yeah. plays bad that's when we'd give Trey's minutes it's not like we're just going to be like tomorrow night oh Bryn shot bad for four games like that's not that's yeah. not what we're going to do so um anyways thank you guys so much for coming out to today's post game for SSPN we appreciate you guys uh what I put up before Ethan took it off the screen I'm just playing <laughs> sorry um, no it was actually it was it, it was relevant thank you for also clicking on the comments um but follow and subscribe to Spurs Tube TV obviously follow and subscribe to SSPN first and foremost but at the same time you can get our merch on this website and more importantly we'll we will be doing a post game uh for the next game on thursday i don't know if it's against the magic again is it against the magic again let me look at the schedule i have it right now oh no it's the mavericks i was thinking blue i knew it was a blue team not the magic um but against the Mavericks, so our first look at Luca. Unfortunately, we're not going to get Luca versus Luca. Um, oh yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> not anymore. I saw somebody else say uh, they said trade that for Samanich, and I just thought that was funny. That would be really funny. That would not happen, but I thought that was funny. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for coming in to this episode. We appreciate y'all, um, and we'll catch you guys next Thursday on Spurs Tube TV. So we'll see you guys then. Peace.